Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on November the 2nd, 2011. For newcomers, you should go into CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com website, help yourself to the audios and hopefully you'll get a better understanding of the big system that uh, planned the past, planned the present and it's probably planned the future, a long ways into the future in fact and you'll find how generation by generation we're all guided along a particular path into this new, new world order, a new way of doing things across the whole planet and sustainability and depopulation all tie into that. So help yourself to that. You'll find out there is a parallel government. It's been here for a long time. The whole idea of democracy was a bit of a con job for the public to really believe in. Otherwise, it would have rebellions every so often. So when you think you can vote uh, the old bunch out and vote a new bunch in with some hope in your heart, uh, you're always disappointed and you just wait for your four or five years to go up and vote the, that, that, the last bunch out again. So that's how it goes on and on and on. And that, that really is a sort of safety valve, a steam valve that lets off the steam and uh, stops you from going any further. And the big boys are very, very clever. They've been at this for a long, long time, but they've gone a long ways with this guise of democracy towards the next part of the global system. And uh, remember, too, you can buy the books and discs that I have at CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. And you can also donate to me as well. From the U.S. to Canada, remember, you can use a personal check or an international postal money order from your post office. You can also use uh, PayPal and uh, some people to send cash. Across the rest of the world, you've got Western Union, MoneyGram, and once again, PayPal to order and donate. Remember, donations are awfully welcome because I don't toot my horn very often. I'm not creating an empire here. I'm just trying to tick by, and uh, hopefully I can keep doing that for some time, uh, if the authorities allow us, that is, as they're cracking down now, of course. And um, it's up to you to keep me going. It's an alternative way of looking at the world. And what I try to do here is to show you uh, the, the general media, which is all controlled, of course, but they put out partial stories uh, to get you ready for the next part of the agenda. And that's really what it's doing. All the things that you read are getting you ready for the next part of the agenda, and you adapt without knowing they're actually adapting into it just by knowing a little bit about it. And what they do is they, they keep the other half of the story uh, out of the papers, of course, so you only get partial stories. Uh, if you've got the whole stories, you'd be maybe a bit upset, hopefully. And, and you should be upset, too, to find out how you're managed like a massive herd uh, of animals and uh, and how the boys at the top have been using this technique for an awful, awful long time. News, remember, is not necessarily the truth. Uh, news is it's going to the high court in the U.S., in fact, uh, a story on that. I've mentioned it before. And the judge ruled that news doesn't have to tell you the truth. It's got nothing to do. News is just news. It's just prattle, basically. And, of course, it's to do with uh, agendas. Everything has to do with agendas of where the world is supposed to go by the masters who actually own it. They they believe they own the world, actually, and that you are supposed to go along when your master says so. 
So help yourself to that. Remember, two of those sites listed at cuttingthroughmates.com, the official sites I have. That's the only sites I do have, actually. Anything outside that isn't mine anywhere. Um, you'll find they all carry transcripts in English of a lot of the talks I've given for print-up as well. And go into alanwattsentinel.eu for transcripts in other languages. But we're on a roll now into this system. Everyone's really adapted. People adapt so quickly uh, without even thinking through it. They, they learn by osmosis, as Jacques E. Lull said many a time. Uh, they don't consciously think through things. And often they don't even debate it. But the articles they read and so on with their, their neighbors or friends, they don't really debate them. So they, they adapt through osmosis. Everyone else adapts, so they adapt as well. I'll be back with more after this break. I'm back. I'm Alan Watt. We're cutting through the matrix. And what I try to do, as I say, is to fill in the other parts of the stories which the, the media leaves out. It's, it's quite simple to program people by information. Very, very simple. We've all been through the same schooling, basically. And, and the schooling system, too, uh, works on an incremental basis. Every few years, they up uh, the agenda so that the new intakes are getting a little bit more indoctrination towards the system they'll be uh, living in in 20 years' time. So we're all programmed in advance for what's to come, and moral-wise and every other way, too. And so it's a, it's a perfect system, and this has been going on, actually, since at least the 1930s, because the, 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 the chief of police in the Soviet system, Beria, talked about it back then, how, they, how it used to take 70 years to alter the culture and, uh, of, of a society or a people, 70 years a generation, that was the, what they call a generation back then. And then he said, this is the common term meeting he held in 1934, and he said um, that now we've it down to every four years. We can upgrade the system so quickly every four years with indoctrination uh, that eventually it'll get even faster, which it is today, which it is actually today. Because all uh, schools are getting their orders from basically the United Nations and UNESCO, etc., and you have your World Federation of Teachers Associations and etc. and all this stuff. So basically it's all under one big system to make sure everyone gets the same indoctrination uh, so that everyone transforms into this uh, new big system without much thought about it at all. We think it's quite natural to be programmed in advance. And we find the same arguments going on across the world. Last night I talked about uh, the Internet. They want to censor it, of course, and it's coming big time now, in really big time. And you have to get licensed down the road to even get a site up there. And even then, if you break any the things you've committed to, uh, say this, don't say that, etc., etc., they'll withdraw your license and probably fine you. So this is all coming. China's the same now, of course, because we're all one big happy family, apparently, under the United Nations. So Chinese leaders are announcing new plans to strengthen controls over the Internet and other social media following a year where such technologies have played a key role in channeling public discontent around the world. So you see, the whole world's on board on one agenda. We are uh, under one agenda now, the masters of the world running the show. 
And they took a long time to get to where we are now, and they ain't going to go backtrack on it because we're unhappy with things. Anyway, he says, but the Internet's rapid growth in China and the quick adoption of new technologies by political activists are challenging state efforts at control. This is when uh, Chen uh, Gangcheng is a blind lawyer who was imprisoned in 2006 after he accused local family planning officials at abortion clinics of forcing women to undergo abortion and sterilization. He was released in 2010. So that's an accusation over there gets you in prison, right? You know, and that's coming here too. He was released in 2010, but has been under house arrest since then. Recent reports from media and human rights groups say he has been brutally beaten. Since people around China have shared information about Chen's case, online microblogging sites, and have been going to his village to show their support. So you read that there, and then you jump to the, the U.S., and you get 12 nurses. A dozen nurses have filed a lawsuit against a hospital run by the University of Medicine and Dentistry of New Jersey over a plan that would coerce them to help with abortions. You understand, this is the world agenda. Yesterday, too, I mentioned about this uh, other high chutzpah who's been appointed in Britain who came out with the story that Scots should only have two children maximum. He's a, he's a guy from another country telling them to have uh, two children maximum. And uh, this is the agenda across the world. And they want to bring it down to about one eventually because they want to really cut the population down and down and down and actually eliminate a bunch of populations as well. They actually have the populations they want to obliterate altogether. Britain down. They've had that one since the 1800s. Quite something, eh? Haven't changed. See, they never changed their agenda. It's, it's, it's astonishing to to read the old economists' uh, books from the from the 18th century and the 19th century. And if you read John Stuart Mill, you, you'll find any son too with, of the same name. Uh, they actually had a list of the populations and peoples that would never adapt or or, or be obedient to a world system. This this overriding system. And they had a whole bunch, including the American Indians, they already sussed them out and says, well, they'll never fit into an eight to, to five o'clock job. It's not their nature to do so. And they had a whole list of peoples, which was copied by many other peoples uh, down afterwards. And, uh, and it's still in use today. Uh, and these guys are serious, deadly serious. And, but one thing, when you've written down your history and your, and your homework and you understand it, you will find that you could, when they t- say they're going to do something, believe you me, they will do something. They never change their agenda. Never, ever change it. Now, so anyway, they're, they're forcing nurses to, to participate in abortions. At one time, they gave them uh, choices. They could either yes or no. And now they're, they're trying to force them all into it or they lose their jobs. So from China, with its forced abortion policies, to, to America, uh, forcing the nurses to participate in abortions, uh, it's, going to, it's, it's really heating up. And eventually you'll find the same thing. Remember, China is the model state for the whole world to follow, according to the United Nations. They love China with its, its totalitarian uh, government system. It's still communist, technically. Well paid, mind you, from all the scamming they do from their peoples. And... Um, it's uh, also the manufacturer for the world now, set up to be the manufacturer for the world. Which again, too, if you read into the writings of Marx and others, they said eventually that's what they would do. There should be one factory turning out shoes for the whole population of the planet, uh, one for all your, your, your furniture and, and so on and so on. Well, now you've got China turning out everything for everybody else. As I say, you can always count on them. When they say something, they mean it, you see. One person doesn't decide on this. This is big committees. Big committees, very powerful people who have really owned countries 
uh, up to the present time. They own them, literally. If you run the money system and create it out of thin air, believe you me, and lend to governments with compound interest, uh, then you own them. And, and that's a fact, folks. It's a fact. So that's what's happening there too. Now, I've mentioned Rio Tinto before. That was a Rothschild company in Australia and elsewhere in the world. And he had some sort of partnership with uh, Her Majesty the Queen uh, to do with this. So they both owned it. I don't know if they, if they both own it today or if it's just the Queen's. But anyway, it says Rio Tinto has significantly boosted its plans for driverless trucks at its Western Australian mines, increasing its order from 10 trucks to 150. These trucks don't need people to drive them anymore. Quite something, eh? Technology is wonderful for giving us jobs. And... Uh, as I say, Rio Tinto's got so many deals on the go. They won't be hit, by the way, at, at their caliber. They won't be hit by all the carbon taxes that have been ran through Australia uh, because uh, because of who owns it. And actually, it's, it's interesting that Gillard's put a package deal of many millions of dollars uh, to help support some of the mines because it's to make up for the cash they would otherwise lose on pay, paying all the carbon taxes. So the big boys never, ever lose a darn thing, believe you me. It's the peasants that pay it all in the end. And it's, it's interesting too, uh, you know, when there's not enough hype and, and paranoia, uh, the Department of Homeland Security has to create it. You see, every kind of, if, if you don't watch much television or you, or you, or even you've watched too much television, it's like watching ads, you, you, you've seen them so many times, you kind of switch off in the brain and, and when there's no terror happening and, and your life's going on pretty much as, as always, you have to hype up terror one way or another, to create the hype of, of paranoia and get very paranoid against everybody else. If you if you see something, say something, you know. Ooh. But then you better start figuring out if you see something that's politically correct today, which really is pretty disgusting, and you say something, they might stun you or something or drag you off into prison because you can't be offended anymore, you understand. Anyway, the Department of Homeland Security is turning to television and public service announcements to urge U.S. hotel guests to fight terrorism, officials said. They're into everything now. You, you find everybody now in, 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 in these hotels reporting everybody else. Oh, this guy looks suspicious, you know. And Starting Tuesday, guests turning the television on in their rooms in the Marriott Hilton, Sheraton, Holiday Inn and other hotels will see a welcome screen featuring a short PSA, encouraging them to alert authorities if they notice something suspicious as they travel, USA Today reported. Informing the millions of guests that stay in hotels and motels each year is a significant step in engaging the full range of partners in our homeland security efforts. We used to call them spies, eh? Spies amongst us. I think it was a title of a book called that. And um, so in other words, it's like the Soviet Union, in other words. They get everyone to snipe and everybody else. And uh, eventually you have a paranoid society like they had in East Germany too, where the Stasi had. I think it was one in four people uh, was kind of blackmailed into spying for them. And they, they, they would uh, clipe and snipe on, on their neighbours. So they're doing the same thing. I, I worked there too. It keeps everybody kind of numb, you see. It numbs the population and it stops people talking to each other because you don't know who to trust anymore. So it isolates every individual from every other individual unless you're talking about stuff that's politically correct, you see. The PSAs will be seen in 5,400 hotels serviced by the television service LodgeNet. And... Uh, so uh, there you go. I mean, it's they've got to create the paranoia when nothing much is happening. It, it takes your mind off all the wars you're fighting overseas all the time, continuous wars. 
of constant conflict. Uh, and you, you, it's just now routine. It's normal now, isn't it? We're used to it. And then again, too, I'm putting up an article tonight. And all these articles that I mention every night, I put up the links to at the end of the broadcast at CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. Remember that. The super committee that really runs America, presenting the November, November 1 TBAC minutes. And this is the super committee that deals, of course, with um, the Treasury Borrowing Advisory Committee. This is with Tim Geithner, having proven repeatedly and beyond a reasonable doubt he has insurmountable intellectual challenges. Many have wondered just who it is that makes the real decisions at the U.S. Treasury. The answer is the Treasury Borrowing Advisory Committee, or the, the TBAC in short, chaired by J.P. Morgan and Goldman Sachs, which meet every quarter, and in which the richest people in America... And they give you a list of them here, a link, by the way, I'll put it up tonight too. Set the fate of the U.S. for the next three months in the form of a very much irrelevant report to TurboTax Link. Back with more on this after this break. I'm back cutting through the matrix and talking about the Treasury Borrowing Advisory Committee, uh, or the TBAC in short, uh, as chaired by J.P. Uh, Morgan and Goldman Sachs, meets every quarter and sets the fate for, you know, the U.S., the whole of the U.S. for the next three months at a time. But it says here, the minutes of the meeting of the Treasury Borrowing Advisory Committee and Securities Industry and Financial Markets Association, November 1st, 2011. And I'll put this link up tonight too, and you'll see the minutes of their meeting and all of those who are present and the names of the high fluting characters who helped to crash your economy and then plunder it and get rewarded for doing so. But anyway, uh, it gives you the names, as I say. Uh, of the, the characters involved, and it's quite quite interesting. They go through everything: uh, social security spending, old age, uh, survivors, disability, insurance increasing, etc. All that stuff. Uh, departments of defense, and, and, and yada yada yada. Everything that really is is corporate America uh, or financial America. It's quite an interesting article, and uh, lots of links in it too. And so you can spin off from there and find out really how your 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 masters really decide your fate every three months as they fill their coffers for themselves, of course. Now there's an interesting thing going on with Israel because it's it's Netanyahu's met the Knesset apparently and come out with uh, uh, reports which they they publish to the world to let them know that they're thinking of going and and doing a, a preemptive strike, is simply attack on Iran, you see. And under Israeli law, you're allowed to do that. If you think someone could be your enemy or possibly could be your enemy, you're allowed to go and kill them first. Uh, anyway, and they let out to the world, and I'm sure there's a psychological reason behind it, because um, it makes you wonder uh, if there's actually more going on than meets the eye and all of that. Um, because you have, as I say, the U.S. The U.S. is getting involved in it, and and this is U.S. fears uncoordinated Israeli strike on Iran. So it's kind of forcing the U.S. in a sense, or giving the U.S. Uh, an excuse to get involved. Either they attack Iran first, or increase all the sanctions to to disable them, starve them, and, and then attack them. 
But uh, one way or another, it's, it's, there's something else going on, because generally Israel would just go ahead and do it without announcing anything to the world. And anyway, it says, uh, Washington concerned Israel will mount military operation against Islamic Republic. The State Department official says the U.S. consequently putting greater pressure on Security Council to impose harsher sanctions on Iran. This is uh, uh, fearing an uncoordinated Israeli attack against Iran. The United States is working on several levels to pressure the United Nations Security Council to impose harsher sh- sanctions. This is Yedioth uh, Aronoth reported Monday. A senior U.S. State Department official said there was growing concern amongst Obama administration officials ahead of an IAEA report set to be published in November indicating considerable progress in Tehran's development of its military nuclear program. The U.S. is concerned that the report may trigger Israeli actions against Islamic Republic, which may not necessarily be in line with U.S. interests in the region. So Netanyahu and Barak uh, playing attack. It gives you the photographs and all the usual stuff. Uh, the official said that, that Washington's re-evaluation of an Israeli strike in Iran is based on various maneuvers Israel has performed in the past few years. The U.S. administration is now bent on exercising more pressure on Tehran in order to dissuade Israel from this path, the source said. So, as I say, it's kind of a pressure technique to to at least give those in the U.S. the excuse to get involved in either dealing with Iran themselves, which I think Israel would prefer, of course, since the U.S. seems to be doing all the jobs around the Middle East anyway uh, themselves, certainly financing it too. And... So there's, there's more to it that meets the eye, as I say, because Israel will just, just, just go ahead and do it. In Israel, too, an ex-soldier was jailed for leaking Israeli assassination policy. Israel has sentenced a former soldier to four and a half years in prison for leaking classified documents to a journalist who used them to expose an alleged army policy to assassinate wanted Palestinian militants in violation of court rulings. And her name is Annette Kam, 24, convicted in February for copying 2,085 military documents onto a disc as she completed her mandatory army service and passing some of them to Yuri Blaw, an investigative reporter with the left-leaning Haaretz newspaper. She escaped the much the more serious charge of harming state security after reaching a plea bargain. So anyway, it says her case provoked a domestic uproar in part because she was held for four months under secret house arrest with Israeli media banning, uh, banned from reporting on it. It's amazing the power governments have, eh? Just ban things and imprison you for saying something like that guy in China. But also because it was viewed as an assault on the freedom of the press. The Independent was the first newspaper to report on Ms. Cam's arrest. In passing sentence yesterday, the three-judge panel elected to send a clear message to other would-be whistleblowers. If the army cannot trust the soldiers serving in various units and exposed to sensitive issues, then it cannot function as a regular army. And it's true, every country has its assassination squads. And they have an assassination list, and, and Obama okayed it to the assassinations of American citizens abroad if they were saying something rather negative about the U.S. So every country is in on the same kind of stuff, you see. Yeah, I understand it's critical that the general population are kept in utter ignorance of reality in order to be ruled. It's critical. You can't have them coming out and say, yeah, we do. We, we, we bump people off across the world. You know, all these nice guys in suits that you vote, uh, and suits and ties that you vote in. It doesn't sort of fare well with the reality they want to give you as benevolent sort of, um, you know, masters. Uh, they have actually dirty squads going around doing wet jobs, blowing folk up and killing them, shooting them. And yet every country's got them. Every country's got them. Sad thing is too, there's no lack of guys that will do it. 
there's no lack of it. Well paid too. You know, cushy job. Back with more after this break. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, we're back and cutting through the matrix. I'm also putting about a link tonight to do with a scandal that came out of the, the, the Scouts movement, the US Scouts movement, uh, to do with about 5,000 child molesters since 1920. And uh, it's, it's put out, uh, it says here CBC. But anyway, it's uh, Boy Scouts of America is at the center of a growing legal crisis as it attempts to block publication of documents that name and shame the extraordinary number of adults expelled from the organization amid accusations of sexual misconduct. And I won't go through it all, but the fact is it doesn't surprise me because, you see, uh, pedophiles, uh, and it's generally homosexuals, go in the scouts, obviously, but uh, they go towards their targets, you see. Uh, they seek out their targets, either in schools or, or wherever they can get their target. And, and organizations that deal with young people uh, are, the, are really where they head you find the same kind of scandals break out in a lot of these um, homes for wayward children, as they say. Uh, in fact, a lot of them are staffed by uh, people with certain proclivities. And um, it's a, it's a, these articles now are they're harder to get out into the press because uh, of political correctness is pushing this whole movement of intergenerational sex, which is, again, is, I've said over the years, eventually pedophilia, will, the, the word itself, the meaning will disappear from your dictionaries because it will be allowed, you see. That's there. After all, in fact, they've actually put up a, a big protest recently and they've demanded the same rights as homosexuals as well. That's their preference, and these children are our preference. So uh, what's the difference? That's what they're saying. And as I say, once you knock down the pillar that holds up the roof, uh, the next pillar is easier to come down, and that's why you can't knock any pillars down if you want a society that actually functions and to bring up children uh, uh, without interference from these predators, these adult predators. I don't care what they, they say or what excuse is given for them. The fact is they're predators, and uh, they should not be allowed to do what they're doing, obviously. I don't care how politically incorrect that comment happens to be these days. But the CDC as well, everything is lies, understand today. Everything is so politically sensitive because of all the planned changes. And as I say, you can't be offended today about anything because of you have, you have multiculturalism. And if these people do this particular thing on a certain night, as it's a holy night or whatever it happens to be, or, uh, then you have to put up with it if you live next door to them and stuff like that. And eventually, you, you can't be offended if someone is going to uh, flash you with the, the old black coat trick in, in the alleyway and run away with a tee-tee-hee or tee-hee-hee on his lips, you know. I mean, you can't be offended with anything anymore, apparently, uh, so as you get shaped into this new um, creation that your masters want to design for you, where you have to accept everything. Now, the only ones who are allowed to be offended are the ones who have been given special rights. They can be awfully offended, and they're given legal rights to be offended, but no one else has to be offended. You must adapt and change and just accept it all. So they're there. That's it. 
It says, is the CDC deliberately hiding the truth about the link between autism and mercury in vaccines? The latest scandal to hit the CDC. As you know, there's so many scandals with the CDC where they control diseases, you know. Do we have enough of it? Disease or not enough or what, you know, what is it? So they control diseases and uh, they're staffed as well with partially from the military and the rest from all the pharma companies and, uh, and, uh, and stuff like that, you know. What appears to be a deliberate cover-up of damning scientific data. Thimerosal, which is a form of mercury, the controversial mercury compound used as a preservative, or preservative in certain vaccines, was removed from all vaccines in Denmark in 1992. A subsequent Danish study showed a marked decline in autism rates following the removal of thimerosal, indicating a clear link between mercury and vaccines and the development of autism. Uh, documents obtained by the Coalition for Mercury-Free Drugs uh, through the Freedom of Information Act suggest that officials at the U.S. Centers of, for Disease Control and Prevention were fully aware of the Danish data, yet published an article about the study in the journal Pediatrics, which excluded this information, <laughs> manipulated the data to misrepresent the decline as an increase and propagate their own conclusions that thimerosal in vaccines does not cause autism. In other words, they re- rewrote the whole thing to suit themselves. And uh, there's nothing new in that at all, actually. But uh, it's not just the mercury. The mercury is one part of it, but there's other things that they put in mercury too that deliberately attack, like biowarfare, uh, straight to the brain, to certain parts of the brain. That's why all the children have little, you know, head fevers or hot in the head and the whole bit. That means there's an inflammation in the brain, folks, and uh, and uh, they're being dumbed down a few degrees as their temperature goes up a few degrees. And Department of Homeland Security again. You understand any agency which government sets up uh, spreads like a cancer. It cannot stop, stop at its initial function. It has to find new purposes and expand itself. Because what, what these people who have jobs in it, especially near the top, feel more secure the bigger they happen to be. They feel, well, we're indispensable now, you see. That's how all civil services work to all branches and so on. So Department of Homeland Security is to step up monitoring of Twitter and other social network sites. The wave of uprisings across North Africa and the Middle East that have overturned three governments in the past year have prompted the U.S. government to start developing guidelines for culling intelligence from Twitter and other social media networks. It's so interesting because it's another branch of the U.S. government, of course, uh, that financed and funded and trained all the people and actually flew them in to help overthrow those governments, all all the, the color revolutions. It's quite a, quite a job to do in our brains, isn't it? So Department of Homeland Security Undersecretary Karen, Karen Wagner said the use of such technology in uprisings that start in December in Tunisia shocked some officials into attention. What a joke, eh? Well, she didn't know who was doing, doing it all. It prompted questions of whether the U.S. needs to be to do a better job of monitoring domestic social networking activity. She said, we're still trying to figure out how you use things like Twitter as a source. What a joke. What a joke, eh? This is, this is for the brain dead out there. They think we're all stupid, you see. How do you establish trends and how do you then capture that in an intelligence product? She says, well, I've read about it here, how they create trends from, from different other parts of the U.S. government and big agencies that they actually hire to, to set trends up. Everything is a trend through the media, everything. So Wagner said the department is establishing guidelines on gleaning information from sites such as Twitter and Facebook for law enforcement purposes, the Associated Press reports. Ms. Wagner says those protocols are being developed under strict laws meant to prevent spying on U.S. citizens and protect privacy. So they're going to spy on you, and at the same time it's to prevent spying on you. 
uh, double speak, eh? including rules dictating uh, the length of time the information can be stored, which they always lie about, and differences between domestic and international surveillance. Ms. Wagner said the Homeland Security Department, established after the 9-11 attacks, is not actively monitoring any social networks. Oh, ho, 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 ho. Her nose is growing, eh? But when the department receives information about potential threat, contractors are then asked to look for certain references with an open-sourced information which is available to anyone on the Internet. The challenge, she said, is to develop guidelines for collecting and analysing information so that it provides law enforcement officials with meaningful intelligence. I can post anything on Facebook. Is that valid? If 20 people are tweeting the same thing, then maybe that is valid, she said. Well, even Obama. See, they always, they always give you legalities. They, they mention legalities. Even Obama mentioned to children, school children, that uh, they, might be, they might regret anything they put on Facebook down the road for legal purposes and, and even social purposes. So there are just uh, a lot of questions that we are sort of struggling with because it's a newly emerging issue, she says. Well, nonsense. So she was there in Colorado Springs to deliver a speech at the National Symposium on Homeland Security and Defense, a conference that included, included defense contractors and the military. It's just a make-work project. Every, every agency they set up it creates more work for themselves. They expand, oh, we need more staff and specialists and more cash, and, and then they feel oh, they get all pompous and big-headed, and, and that's, that's just the way it is. Now, it's interesting, too, about all the stuff coming out about Gaddafi from uh, the West, of course, and uh, uh, and how nasty, nasty a guy he was, and uh, and how he'd, he'd been more mistreating his people for s- such a long time, and uh, a bully, and, and a, a terrorist, and all the rest of it. And it says UN reports uh, report offers a smoking gun proof of NATO and U.S. lies about Libya. Here's a type of smoking gun gun proof. Uh, it says the NATO and the U.S. has been operating through a smoke screen of lies as well as intimidation. Read the following January 4, 2011 report of the 16th session of the United Nations General Assembly Human Rights Council Universal Periodic Review. As is before NATO and the U.S. started bombing Libya, the United Nations was preparing to bestow an award on Colonel Mamar Gaddafi and the Libyan uh, Jamahiriya uh, for its achievements in the area of human rights. Can you believe this? How fast they can turn it all upside down and get go to war, eh? That's how, so you must get the population on your side when you want to go and slaughter people and plunder them. So you get the populations on your side by demonizing your enemy. And this has been going on for centuries, demonizing of enemies. So here he was, he was going to get the, the award from the United Nations for achievements in the area of human rights. He says, that's right, the same man, Colonel Muammar Gaddafi, that NATO and the U.S. have been telling us for months is a brutal dictator, was set to be given an award for his human rights record in Libya. How strange it is that the United Nations was set to bestow a human rights award on a brutal dictator at the end of next March. So uh, you understand <laughs> your minds are played with all the time by those who understand the techniques and who have agendas, agendas which they'll never admit to openly, never admit to openly. It's kind of like someone that comes up and, and you have a little chat and then they punch you in the face and and you're the public, you get punched in the face, and you, you're kind of stunned as you're having a good conversation, and, and there's nothing unhappy about it, and, or angry about it. And then you say, why did you hit me in the face? And the guy says, I didn't hit you. And then you want to believe him again. You know, well, maybe imagine, he goes, this guy shouldn't be hitting me, we didn't argue or anything. So you chat on him for a bit longer, and he whacks you again, punches you in the face, and you, hey, 
Yeah, I mean, in effect, no, I didn't. I didn't hit you. Well, they play this game over and over with every war they go to and so on, and demonizing the enemy. And, and the public want to believe them. They want to believe them. It's true, isn't it? I mean, aren't we always the good guys? Is that what the movies say? We're the good guys. Hmm? Isn't it? Now, remember Fukushima that disappeared when they went to the first day they bombed Libya, in fact. The, the French uh, air, the aircraft bombing them. Uh, the big photograph appeared that, that on the very day that Fukushima disappeared from all the media by order. The problem with sweeping unresolved problems, especially of an unstable gamma decay variety, is that they tend to pop up at the most inopportune of times, such as during global coordinated fiat Ponzi billups. Kyodo reports that according to TEPCO, a fresh fission reaction has restarted at Fukushima, uh, or whatever they call it, Deshi or Dishi, I don't know, uh, that boric acid has been injected to control a possible nuclear reaction, I think it's number two reactor. Hardly an encouraging news that the world needs to know about right now. So since there's been no change in the temperature, pressure and radiation levels at the reactor, whose nuclear fuel is believed to have melted when the cooling system failed following the March 11th earthquake and tsunami, Utility known as, uh, known as, uh, I guess, whatever is nuclear reactor too. Gas samples taken Tuesday from an inside the reactor's containment vessel may contain radioactive xenon, a gas typically generated by nuclear fission, the company said. What is the conventional wisdom thinking on Fukushima anyway? Out of sight, out of mind? Yeah, we thought so. So there you go. It's still going on. It hasn't stopped, by the way. But it just hasn't, it's just not in the media's memory anymore, you know, and they're too busy changing our present realities all the time. For purposes to come for more wars and things, you know. That's really what it's about. Now, I've got to laugh about this Greece article too. And um, it says, Swords at the ready, Merkel and Sarkozy prepare for their showdown with the Greek PM who sparked the fresh Euro crisis. It says, uh, Angela Merkel and uh, Nicolas Sarkozy were tonight due to hold a showdown talks to the Greek Prime Minister, who sparked a fresh Euro crisis by announcing a referendum on his country's emergency bailouts. They call it a bailout, but it's perpetual debt. They're giving you cash at incredible interest rates. Because you've been downgraded so far, you see. And they're giving you, the, they want you to take this cash and get, until literally you sell everything that you want off, including each other probably, because there's nothing left to sell off. This is perpetual slavery, folks. So, ominously for George uh, Papandreou, uh, the French Guard of Honour had their swords at the Rennie as the German and French leaders arrived at the G20 summit in Cannes today. However, the only cuts that were going to be discussed were, were ways of slashing Greece's massive debts. If Greece rejects the austerity measures, poverty measures, that means, in a nationwide poll, Europe faces being plunged into an economic catastrophe. No kidding, eh? The Greek PM faces a tough time explaining his extraordinary decision to throw the bailout plan to his referendum. In other words, ask the people. The post-poll in Greece could take place next month and is expected to ask about the bailout measures uh, and not membership of the Eurozone. Ahead of talks tonight, the White House called for a unanimity of purpose to come out of the talks. Everybody wants me to take this and, and uh, you know, go into eternal poverty. Spokesman Jay Kearney said, See, the IMF must, this is the time of the IMF getting risen up to be the big bookkeeper for all the nations, for the, for the Euro Parliament, for all the countries, and they want to have access and do all the bookkeeping for, and, and do it with your own personal uh, way of doing things. That's really a big part of it too, and they won't get their showcase position, uh, if, if countries start pulling out and say, stuff your money, stuff your bailouts, go and, you know, yourself. 
Anyway, it says in Greece yesterday, little was done to calm the nerves of politicians and financial markets as Athens announced extraordinary plans to sack its military leaders amid rampant speculation that was trying to head off a coup d'etat. So lots of folk are obviously pretty ticked off at the fact that they have been chosen as the example to go down the tubes for the big power mongers at the Euro Parliament to get more power over everything and everybody. And that's really what it is. Another article, too, on the same thing. Greek referendum bailout will hinder the IMF EU aid payment. But a payment? It's not a grant. It's not, it's not a gift. It's a massive, you know, loan with incredible interest rates. You never pay off. Never pay off in a thousand years. So anyway, uh, it says that the Greek bailout Bill package will hinder the next installment of aid funds, <laughs> aid funds from the International Monetary Fund. As I say, the IMF have to be brought up to their position or they lose. But uh, these guys are too cunning. They won't lose. They've been at this for well, thousands of years. Now, also, it's amazing in this time of austerity and everyone's cutting back and everything and cutting back on your food and your groceries are awfully expensive and everything is going up and you can't buy fuel anymore to heat yourselves in countries like Britain. It says, suitcase-sized device can remotely disable phones, intercept communications, record unique IDs, and track you in real time. And London, has uh, the, the, the city, as they say, has just bought one, uh, of course, to the taxpayer. Governments around the world are increasingly talking about control of civilian communications, especially cellular telephone networks, usually for nefarious purposes. We've just seen this occur in the Middle East. Again, they're, always, they're all using the same excuse at the same time, right? During that so-called Arab Spring, as I say, all these countries, Britain, U.S., they financed the Arab Spring revolutions, the color revolutions, along with the big uh, private guys too, like Soros. This is, this is not just dangerous because having government creep into the private lives of citizens usually turns out poorly, but because this type of technology enables horrific atrocities. One type of system is produced by Datong in the United Kingdom, which has already been purchased by the largest police force of all in Britain, the London Metropolitan Police. And I'll, I'll talk about this when I come back. It's quite the gizmo back in after these messages. Hi folks, I'm Alan. Well, we're back cutting through the matrix just before I take a caller there that, that's to do with this uh, particular gizmo. The London police have paid $230,000 for a suitcase-sized gizmo, which literally can uh, intercept uh, all messages, telephone calls, texting, all the rest of it. It can cut off all signals going to towers. By the way, it doesn't mention it here, but it also can switch off pacemakers for anybody in a 50-mile radius. But uh, uh, it's quite interesting what this gizmo can do. It can track all your cars and everything else and yada, yada, yada. So this love spending cash at their, and the toys are abundant because the weapons industries transformed a good part of their program into creating these gadgets for them. Because that's where the cash is these days. Now, there's John in New York, if you're still hanging on there. Are you there, John? Yes, I am, Brother Allen. How are you? Not too bad at all, yeah. Good, good. I just want to ask you a little bit about uh, your book. You just released a book called Waiting for the Miracle? Yeah. Uh, and that's a, what is that about? It's uh, a track down through history to do with various things. Um, uh, the, the societies who helped, uh, or who I should say helped, but they actually created the, the new systems that brought us to where we are today. 
uh, and also to do with uh, the money system in ancient times to the present and how it works and the scams have been pulled off down through the ages with cash and uh, those who control cash and how you basically create societies and cultures and, and eventually if you want to you can destroy them or transform them into an updated form. How, in other words, the science is behind what, what, what makes us all what we think we are. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Let me ask you a question there, Alan, because I really appreciate your work because work, you really do cut, uh, cut through the matrix and remove the rubbish. Uh, with the Vatican and the Zionists, how, how do you think they're re- uh, who, who's a bigger problem, or are they both working hand-in-hand hand now? Well, well, it depends. You see, the Catholic Church, um, you got to understand who, who set it up in the first place. And it's based around Christianity. But again, the first, uh, the first Christians were all Jewish at that time, and uh, the bishops too, and some of the popes. So um, it's interesting that, that they made a law that no one could, could give out cash except uh, um, or you do usury unless, unless except this one people. So by, by doing so, down through the ages, only one, one people obviously were going to get all the cash and get awfully, awfully rich. Not everybody in the whole race, but, but certain uh, big, big families, uh, the, ones, the only ones authorized to do international uh, usury would obviously get incredibly stinking rich. And that has happened, obviously. So there had to be collusion between the two uh, going on for an awful, awful long time. Otherwise, they would allow anybody else to use usury. And you'd have all kinds of people as usurers, you know. But it's not been that way. It's been one people only because that was the law. Yeah. And the Vatican made that law, yeah. So there's definitely a tie-in. There's definitely a tie-in, a connection there, yeah. Yeah, definitely a tie-in. And uh, how long do you think before they really pulled the plug on uh, World War Three? you think, before uh, things really blow up? Cause it's we, really- we're in World War Three. We've been in World War Three since Gulf War One, And it hasn't really stopped. It's been a perpetual war since then and uh, across the world. And uh, and a war, the biggest war of all, is upon the cultures around the world, too. People don't think of that as a war. That is a war. All your political correctness, all, all the different things that you have to accept has been rammed down your throats and... Uh, and even if it's against your conscience and so on, uh, it's illegal to, to go against them or say anything about them. Uh, you're, you're under attack. All the cultures are is to try to bring out this, this homogenous mush of, uh, of an international culture across the planet right now. But, but thanks for calling and uh, call again. Hey, Alan, can I just ask you one other question? I do a, a broadcasting uh, with an, another network. I'd be interested in possibly having you on to promote some of your yeah. books. Well, I'll tell you, set, send me an email and, and do it, but uh, I have to go now. Now, from Amish myself from Ontario, Canada, it's good night, and your God or your God's go with you. Remember, donate and buy the books. Help me take over. <laughs>